Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's the footballiest time of the year. With quarterbacks throwing and tailgaters ready for some brats and beer. It's the footballiest time of the year. It's the pig, pig skinniest season of all. With Tebow Tebowing and Mile High Payton's throwing, it's time for football. It's the pig, pig skinniest time of the Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 184 of the Dave Damashek Football Program. Available as always on iTunes and at NFL.com slash Sheck. S-H-E-K. It's here. Football season. We're knee deep in it thanks to a grand weekend of college football last weekend. And we're about to jump into NFL regular season action. We're going to be doing it with the main man at the NFL Network, Rich Eisen, in just a minute here. We'll bring him in here. New father. He's a father for the third time now. We'll kibitz with him. Also, with the uh, newest millionaire in the NFL, Geno Atkins, the great uh, D lineman of the Cincy Bengals. And I have to figure something out with him. As I've been saying all through the offseason, I like those Bengals. I maybe even like them enough to go to the Super Bowl. I want to see where his head's at, though. That might make the difference for me because I'm also considering the Texans. We'll get to those picks. And let me start out with uh, with this one here. By the way, to pick up where we left off, just as a little refresher, if nothing else, go to NFL.com and look for the latest NFL, one of our grand uh, animated butterfly effect type uh, type of deals where we look at what would have happened if the Broncos' Raheem Moore had made the play on Joe Flacco's desperation pass in the last minute. What if he had knocked it down? Then what would have gone down? Take a look at the NFL. I think uh, I think you'll enjoy it. And kudos and thanks as always to the uh, to the fellows over there at BindleDog.com for for their uh, terrific animation. All right, 
Here's what I want to do, along with telling you how these things seed out. Yes, our pal Elliot Harrison has his power rankings up there at NFL.com, 1 through 32. But this ain't college football, you see. This is pro football. The only thing that matters is how these teams are going to be seeded come playoff time. It's time to unveil the preseason projections once and for all, how they'll be seeded, AFC, NFC, 1 through 6. We'll do that but I want to give you a bold prediction, and I want bold predictions. Black tie behind the glass. I want you to have another one. I know you told us Patrick Peterson's going to have, what, four <clears throat> touchdowns at least? In, uh, on a, I mean, uh, as a receiver this year, right? Four receiving touchdowns, yes. Well, that's pretty bold. I like that quite a bit. Another one. Uh, here's a bold one for me. Jake Locker and uh, the Titans are going to be playing in the AFC playoffs i'll tell you who's not the ravens and pittsburgh neither one of those those are bold predictions i feel like to to say neither one of those teams is going to the playoffs it seems like the afc postseason always includes at least one of those two let's get some more going here with a man whose face i have not seen in far too long he's finally shadowed the door of studio 66 after i don't know how long Six, eight weeks? I don't know. I don't even know how his people would quantify such a number as this. All the way from across the Atlantic Ocean. Now he's geared up for Miami Dolphins 2013 season. It's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. He's Handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. He's Handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. His name is Handsome Hank. He's handsome, he's handsome, he's handsome. Hello, handsome. What a pleasure to see you. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Thank you, David. So nice of you to have me oh, back here. Oh, yes, yes. Is that an English accent that I heard? Oh, it is Terrence, yes. Terrence Newman. We're going to be talking with your pal Gino in just a little bit here. Hey, handsome. First of all, NFL. All sorts of James Bond references, and you were just over in London uh, for the summer, or for a stretch of the summer. Did you enjoy this edition? Uh, I did. It's, I mean, as you know, I, I'm a huge NFL fan, one of your biggest fans. I think it's it's probably the best work that Dave Damashek puts out there. Well, that hurts, because um, when I'm on camera, that that means like that that's not good. I no, I think the cartoon Dave Damashek is is infinitely more likable than oh. the, than the one on camera. Well, I mean, um, that's no, fair. I, I, I guess Dave, that's unfair. I've Let been me away say for this: you're going to see me on like NFL. That. I know, right in with the attacks. NFL Network. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, make sure you watch the uh, watch a football life, the season premiere with Ladanian Tomlinson, and then right after the new show with me and Jen Brown backstory, Kibitzin with LT. And Latorsha, his wife. I'm it's, looking forward to it. It's uh, that's exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing the LT one, and then next week, um, one of my personal favorites, Coach Don Shula. I know. I don't know if he's going to be in studio or not, but some uh, prominent do Dolphins can, guys uh, yeah. will be. That's exciting. Unless I blow it this week, I should be back every Tuesday night on a Football Life, and so make sure you look for that. It's uh, it's 8 p.m. Wait a second. I want to make sure I have it right. So wait, it's 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, a football life with Ladanian Tomlinson. I have seen the documentary; it's it's terrific stuff. And then a half an hour after that, and then I have to make way up to Hollywood because it's time for my big uh, my big fantasy draft. You've got I've got one tonight as well. Do you? This yep. is, I've done all my drafts except for the the big one. Right. This is the big one with uh, with uh, you know with uh, the sports guy, the big, and, the big name, and Sal and all those. And is guys. this the one that you risk being kick kicked out. out of before you even start? Yes, I yes. hope I yeah. hope that doesn't happen. To and you for guys. the record, I've not been kicked out yet. So is Don Draper back? 
Draper's back. Yeah, he's back really? in the league this year. Yeah, he's he's uh, yeah he's in no jeopardy. Um, I don't think, at least, I think he should be safe. Damashek, though, another matter. We'll see. Yeah. You know what I'm going to try to do, though? If I can find Willie McGinnis, the guy who won last year as a big Patriots fan, I'm going to see if I can get a personal greeting to that guy. That's got to go a, good a long idea. way, Yeah, that'll, right? that'll do it. That's right. Yeah. So what? So I rub elbows with Willie McGinnis. That's good. All right, let's start with um, with the NFC. Well, you know what? Before I give you my seedings, and I want to mm-hmm. hear yours as well, give me a bold prediction that's actually bold. And not jive. Yeah, I don't no, want I, one that's mild. Bold I, there's is nothing the worse than that. Oh, this guy's going to rush for 150 yards this Adrian week. Peterson oh, wow. takes another run at 2,000 yards. That's not yeah, bold. Yeah, it's not bold. Here's one for you. Uh, a lot of people, I think one of the biggest storylines going into the season is Sean Payton's back with the Saints, right. and it, they're going to make magic again. I don't I don't think it's going to happen. I, don't th- I, I think... Knowing Sean Payton's personality a little bit, I don't think it's going to work out that well this year, and he's not going to be very happy. This time next year, Sean Payton is the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Wow! Bold! That is, is that bold? bold. That's, that's excellent. That's the kind of thing you're looking for, right? And that's what you need, too, because with something like that, then the Cowboys have to be disappointed. The Cowboys are going to be disappointing. And I, but, by the way, I don't think they're going to be that disappointing, but I don't think anything but a playoff win, which they're not going to do, even if they make the playoffs, so maybe as a wildcard team, that won't be enough for Jerry Jones. Jason Garrett's probably not going to stick around. Sean Payton's going to be unhappy in the set with the Saints. He'll probably let Jerry know since they have a connection, obviously, right. already. And Sean Payton, therefore, is the head coach of the Cowboys in a year's time. Interesting. Yeah, that'll be uh, that won't go over very well in uh, in the Crescent City if he if he turns his back it on wouldn't. him when he sort of was one of the key right. was one of the foundations. And that's going to be one of the reasons why. It, it it goes wrong. I listen. That's a team. Rob Ryan is as a, a mediocre defensive right. coordinator. The pieces are not good on that defense. I kind of am with you there, and I do like that division overall to get better. And the Buccaneers and the uh, Panthers defenses should both be exactly. pretty good. Yeah, I could. I, I see where you're going with that, and that's why I. Well, let's get to that in one second. One more bold prediction. I'm, I say Rex Ryan is coaching the Raiders. This time next year. He yeah, will I like that one. Jets. I think he'll ship I out like there. That one. Black Tie, you have one for us? Yeah, I th- I have two, actually. Both quarterbacks who I think are just going to like be terrible this year. Well, not terrible, just not as good not as Not as good think. as we expect. Alex Smith. In about week three, week four, hmm. people with this whole, this you know, this uh, this you know fantasy that people are living in. Like, oh, fa- Alex Smith is a legit You hate Alex he, Smith. He's not really mean about Alex Smith. I don't know he's, what he's he did to you. Good. He was in a Niners offense. Who is it because he high-hatted us when we were in Tahoe he six weeks ago? Yes, he, he didn't did. come over yeah. and talk to us? brought me along. Alex and I are good friends. Is that right? Yeah, we are. We have a good relationship. I could have hooked you guys up. Apparently so. Maybe next also, time. Also, Cam Newton. I just feel like with his his footwork, which is pretty bad, and also his demeanor. I am a big body language guy. Cam Newton's body language has always been terrible. That's not going to change because that's just who he is. I well, like- I don't know about that one. He Cam Newton himself says he's a dre- he realized that it, it, it like he people he watched a bunch of videos of himself in press conferences. I think that will change. I, I don't, don't care I don't about know. the body language. It's like such an irrelevant I, thing. It's who cares? A huge thing. Body I, I kind of don't key. agree that that's that significant. Geno Smith's body language has been terrible since the combine. I spotted it. I was like, I don't like this guy. You know whose body language I loved at the combine? Russell e. Wilson. E.J. Manuel. Oh. He loved it. He told me that. So? I'm just saying. <laughs> 
at the time. <laughs> at the time, he was like, that guy's going to be good. Look how he carries he was, himself. I was the first one to say EJ Manuel was going to be a first-round pick. Before black, that, ties, black ties evaluations of football players is, are a yeah. little creepy. The, you yeah. know, the sex, uh, Russell Wilson with his sexy, sexy deep, deep ball. ball and everything. Yeah. Look how he carries himself. I like watching him. Yeah. Yeah, I just, um, look, I how, look how he stands with those receivers. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, like I the want way a man he, who's going to step into the huddle and command respect. I like the way he moves. He yeah, doesn't, <laughs> it he, is. He doesn't walk so much yeah. as, as, as he does uh, proud. Some people, some people pay attention <laughs> to stats and that kind of thing, but that's not <laughs> what Black Tie is into. Um, all right, listen. Here, oh, by the way, here's uh, this is semi-bold. Russell Wilson reminds me. Here's one thing that's not going to happen is the big sophomore slump thing. As I have said uh, uh, on occasion over the last few months, the sample size isn't large enough. When people throw that out, well, sophomore QBs always regress a little bit. But there haven't been that many over the last 40 years. There haven't been that many rookie QBs that start. So there's the sample size is so mm. small. I don't see the regression yeah, see happening collectively, I mean, especially we, on the teams that they're on. The Seahawks, the 49ers are just suddenly going to be mediocre right. for the first six, eight weeks of the season. I don't buy it. And we all remember how Dan Marino's sophomore season went. I mean, that was right. he, that's one he wants to forget. And, Ro- yeah, and Roethlisberger right. wins the Super Bowl. I think it's a convenient one because some players will, you know, they maybe Maybe, maybe this applies to RG3 and Russell Wilson. Like, defenses work them out. They see that, yeah. okay, this is a way that they can be stopped, and maybe it takes away an aspect to their game. But those guys are all too good it's to the be, stuff to of be myth. stopped. And right. you know what, though? That brings us perfectly into the let's do the first half of our seedings, and then Eisen is waiting, so we'll bring in Eisen. So let's talk NFC. Here are the projections, the seedings, one through six. Fellas, you weigh in here on who you got if you want here. NFC... And it's not that I think they're a world beater, that I think they're flawless, but I think the San Francisco 49ers are the top seed when it's all said and done this year. And and they have they have a tough schedule. They're in a really tough division, but I still say when it's all said and done that they will sit atop as the number one seed in the NFC. You can chime in with yours. I, you I agree. They're the number. They're, okay. they're my number one seed. All right. At number two, I, this is one I've gone back and forth on if you've been following the projections through the offseason. I change them. After the draft, obviously things look different. After free agency, after training camp and injuries and so on. Now, here we sit. The Atlanta Falcons are going to win not just the division, but they're going to be the second seed. They are going to beat the Saints. During the summer, I thought the Saints, I liked the storyline, but practically their defense just ain't going to be there right. like you touch on. A good division, but that's obviously, as we've said on the podcast, there's no team in the NFC that you point at and say, yeah, they're going to be garbage. So how can you say anybody's in a bad division or has a couple easy wins? I don't think there is such a thing as an easy win across the NFC. So I'm going with the Falcons there. Me too. My number two seed too, Dave. This and, is uncanny. And they have good – and I like their defensive pieces. They're not a the good de- – Defense. No, they're, they're not going to dominate, but their offense is just going to be unstoppable. Right. That's all it is. You know, yeah. just nobody is going to take that offense away week in and week out. So. A little bit like the Broncos in the AFC as well. Same, yeah, same that's kind exactly of thing. Right. Like we're right. going to score a bunch of points. We'll probably ship some points too, but who cares? Because and, we'll beat you. But I will. But but I uh, you know I said that on the last podcast. Apples to apples, though. I'll take the Falcons' defense over the Broncos. So yeah, so I like the Falcons a lot. Then here we go. This is the one you could make a case for any team in the East winning that division. You really could. It's really mm-hmm. hard. You can co- you can convince yourself any of those four are going to do it. I'm supporting based on my no such thing as a sophomore slump theory. 
RG3 and the Redskins get it done. Again, they're going to win that division. I don't like the Eagles' defense, or I'm not sure what to expect out of that. I do think the offense is going to be good. Still too many big holes on the Cowboys. They might be better. And, you know, the Giants have a, have a crummy defense, I expect, this year. I'm going, and they get some big uh, defensive players back this year, the Redskins. I say that uh, D.C. does it. And you think they're the third seed? The third seed. Really? Yeah. I've got the Packers as the third seed, and then the NFC East, I think they're going to be ranged somewhere between, let's say, 9 and 7 and 6 and 10, those four teams. And then they're, they're, the, they're the prime candidate for a division winner who gets knocked out in the wild card round. Who Whoever do you have? In the- I think the Cowboys might win it. Having Cowboys. said what I said, I think they may win, win the division, but just like look terrible against, let's say, the right. Seahawks. In a in a wild card, game. I could see it. Obviously, like I say, so I go Green Bay, but that's another one. I think the NFC North is the best division. People keep talking about the NFC West is the best. I think the NFC North is better because the Vikings. That if everybody says ah, the Vikings, Cinderella, they're going to dip back this year. I'm not convinced that they will. They they upgraded that offense. They lose Percy Harvin, but in fact their their weapons are probably better now on offense, and their defense is very good. I wouldn't be shocked if they win the division. In fact, I think they could do it. But so could the Bears, and and so too could the Lions with that defensive front. But I am going to give it to the Packers. But I think they go like nine and seven. Because look up their schedule. They have a couple of runs, like three or four game stretches, a couple of times that are just brutal, including the start of the season. They got to go out the Candlestick Park to start the year. Yuck! There, that that team. I, I do think their defense is better, but I think their um, that division is so tough that they're going to struggle and uh, get the fourth seed. Then I go the Seahawks. I wanted to go Vikings. I wanted to keep the Seahawks out, but I do believe in Russell Wilson. And lastly, another NFC West team. I'm going the St. Louis Rams. That's Here they incredible. Come. Those are my two wildcard right? teams as well. How about that? So we, except for the Cowboys, you and I are right. exactly and, the same. And, the, and my seeding, I have the Packers third. And, They're and both the playing NFC on wildcard weekend. Four. Right. How about that? All right. Good for, uh, good for you, handsome Hank. Thank I you. like where your head's at. All right. We're going to get to the AFC in just a second. But here he comes, everybody, through the door. It's Rich Eisen. You listen to Dave All right. Who better to speak with? As we are now on the uh, cusp of kickoff of the NFL 2013 season, then the main man of NFL Network since day one, he is the face that you look at more often than not. He is now a new father for the third time now. Right. It's Rich Eisen. How are you, How fella? How are you, Dave? What's up, bud? I'm well, but muzzle tough to Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Two boys, now a girl. Yes. Very exciting times in the Eisen home. A little too exciting. We we didn't do much of the baby planning to have the uh, the baby come <laughs> right now. Where I'm all set to you know get a, go on planes for yeah I guess thirteen to fourteen weeks. Or, or did you plan it just right? You know what? That's the evil laugh that I should have in me right now, right? <laughs> but, yeah, everything's great, man. I mean, you know how, how being a dad is. It's just the greatest thing on, on the planet. And, you know, it's challenging and and totally breathtaking at the same time. It Isn't really it is. weird, though, that, you know, of course, children rebel against whatever their parents are about. Yeah. Will it be a bummer to you, Rich Eisen, if your boys and, and uh, your girl possibly decide that they dislike sports well you know what uh that's a great question i'm gonna let them find their own level Mm -hmm. but um i'm you know i i got a t 
for the front lawn. We put a ball on it. My son, my oldest son now wants to have the ball tossed to him. He refuses to put it on the tee. I like that. But then after hitting twice, he wants to go on the swing. He wants to play with a car. He wants to do that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, my 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 youngest son, um, who's two and a half, uh, and he walks by a baseball game and he says the word bat, you know, and I just want to hold him and kiss him, and just, <laughs> it's great. And this football season, I'm, I'm before I go away, I'm going to get uh, the decals of the teams that I'm covering it and put it on a map, you know, and, and so he they, they understand where I'm going and who I'm covering, and hope this stuff sticks. And if they don't want to do it, then you know, then I guess it's 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 up to them. You know, they have to live their lives, but it would hurt me. It would definitely hurt me to my soul. Certainly, uh, one thing that I'm doing is I'm making sure that they grow up Yankee fans. Well, no, no offense to you, no, no, which I couldn't be happier for your Pirates right now. It's very exciting, you know. But I, I, and that's why I named my 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 youngest daughter. Her middle name is Mattingly. I love it. So um, Mattingly, yes, indeed. Taylor hmm. Mattingly eyes and too much eyes and TME Mattingly eyes and I like it. That's a, I like the tip of the hat to your roots. Yes. Could you have gone with another noteworthy New York sports icon? Though? Gossage. Gossage Goose. eyes and <laughs> Reggie. The Brickashaw. The Brickashaw. I mean, Eisen. a little rugged for the a little girl, but Amare. D. Amare. You, yeah, D would be nice, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, or Rajo. Remember Rajo Roots Alinen. Rajo Roots Alinen. <laughs> the very that's, mobile defenseman for the blue shirts back in the correct. 80s. Yeah, yeah, that could be good. Or Mio. Eddie Mio. Eddie was Mio. A, was their fine netminder, yes. too. Yes. Or Shep. For <laughs> Shep Messing, the goalie of the uh, of the New York, uh, whatever, the, the, they had the in, whatever indoor soccer team was on Long Island. Oh, yeah. yeah. Missile, right? M-I-S-L. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, um, all right, before we get into NFL football sure. and maybe a little college football, because, listen, I want to say this. I have no no horse in this race. I don't root for Big Ten teams, even though I am an Indiana University graduate. I feel like it's, in fact, morally sort of wrong to root for those teams, especially when a team like Michigan has caused so much pain to Hoosiers fans, right. As a, uh, as a, at least from a football perspective. That said, I'm rooting for the Wolverines. How dare how dare Kelly behave in this manner? I know. Well, I mean, it's not I, a rivalry. What 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 what, what do you mean by I, that? I, of course I, it is. Brady, in a way, and I say this fully despising Notre Dame and everything it stands for, and I think that it's healthy. You know, rivalries are healthy in that sure. regard. Uh, I you know I, I was there in 1989, my final year as a as a Michigan uh, beat writer on the on the daily. And um, and my last year at the school, and I covered Bose last season. And you talk about the history of college football. Um, you talk about the history of college football, maybe in the last half of the century, of the 20th century. And you talk about moments in college football history. Rocket Ishmael. I was just going to say, that was 1989. Back, I absolutely remember that. Rocket Ishmael running back the opening kickoff for a touchdown at Michigan Stadium. And Bo Schembechler, one of the greatest coaches of the 20th century in college football, one of the winningest coaches of all time, going into the locker room and telling his team that we're going to kick that ball to that damn rocket to start the second half, and you're going to put him out on the turf, and the rocket does it again for Notre Dame to beat Michigan. This is back in the day when that was the end of your season, essentially. One loss in early September, it's it's over. Sure. And this was the first game of the year. 
to say that that is not part of the fabric of Michigan and Notre Dame and to say that that has nothing to do, that there, that there are greater traditions that, that they play. Is it Stanford? Well, here come the okay. Sun Devils of Arizona State. I mean, Juicy for Irish so fans. You have to tell me who they, because they, they don't have quote-unquote natural rivals because they're mm-hmm. not in a they're not in a, uh, a a conference to say that Michigan is not a natural rival in that regard is it's it's ludicrous now for whatever reason Notre Dame didn't want to play Michigan anymore or wanted to take a break from Michigan now if that was because of of whatever they were doing for to position themselves for in this realigning world or what they were doing to maybe get into the Big 10 or flip a middle finger to the Big Ten, I don't know. But they still have Michigan State on the schedule. They still have Purdue on the schedule. They still play enough Big Ten teams. To say that Michigan is not of consequence, um, it's an affront. It's and, asinine, and, so, and, and I'm so, not sure what's behind that well, either. That, what, kind, that, what, what, is the, what is the... Now, Brady Hoke, in, did, Brady Hoke did call him out and say that they were being chicken mm-hmm. in playing us which plays into his bravado and what he's trying to establish at his school and what Brian Kelly's trying to establish at his school. Part of it may have to be is that for whatever reason, Michigan did not hire Brian Kelly, even though he was right there in their state doing mm-hmm. great work at one of the directional schools in Michigan. And I would have been thrilled to hire Brian Kelly instead of Rich Rod back in the day, and they went Rich Rod instead of him. I don't know if any of that has to play into all of this or not, but Brady was the one to name call first. He did. But I think he was calling a spade a spade. And maybe Brian Kelly, that's his way of responding, of saying, yeah, we're not playing him anymore. But they're not really a rival. He knows better than that. He's he's coached in that state of Michigan. He understands the, the way that Michigan fans are wired. And he understands the way that fa- football fans in that state are wired. So to say that is totally disingenuous. Of and hopefully, hopefully the beatdown that that, that – should engender under the lights in Ann Arbor on Saturday night is coming, and it's coming down like a hard rain, Dave. <laughs> and and hopefully that's what's going to happen. I expect that, like I say, America is going to be rooting for the Michigan uh, for for the Wolverines I don't for know, exactly this. I don't know about Dave. There's a, as you know, a rabid fan base for the Fighting Irish. Sure, objective and, people and, though will hear the Kelly remarks and root for the Wolverines. Maybe maybe in that regard, and then I'm sure that fires up the Notre Dame fan base that got upset that Brady called him chicken mm-hmm. to begin with, and because Notre Dame needs this game, both of us need both both our programs need this game ain't it grand that that's i mean to me i understand that uh on one hand i am not a fan of the saints and falcons playing in week one or the packers and 49ers listen we've been out in the desert all summer long anything will do any morsel of food will do so save that good we don't need the filet mignon in week one and especially (laughs) it's really going to impact the way the NFC seeds out, you would think. I mean, obviously, that uh, whoever wins that Saints-Falcons game immediately jumps to being the frontrunner in that division, you would think. Oh, I agree. I agree. Um, but that said, thinking of, of the way that I think the way that the league would think about it is that NBC doesn't pay as much as Fox or CBS does, right? Mm-hmm. Or they pay right around the amount... I don't know. I'm sure you know people above my pay grade know this stuff, but NBC people gets, like that exist. And yes, there are people above your very, pay grade. Very nicely done, thank you. But the, the NBC, tub again. The NBC games, 
this week, Denver and Baltimore. That is something CBS would want, correct? Mm -hmm. And then you'd look at the other Sunday night game. The other game that they have is Giants-Cowboys, which they had again in Week 17 last year. They got ripped from the Fox schedule. Fox doesn't have that. So Fox should get a game like Saints-Falcons on its schedule for Sunday to kick things off or Packers-49ers. That's some filet mignon right Mm -hmm. there. You're looking at the CBS schedule, and – uh, I'm I'm still looking for the the must see game that they have if it wasn't just week one, and the Bengals and the Bears putting them on on CBS putting putting the Bears on CBS is a way for the NFL to say okay CBS that's I, I'd be stunned if that's not where Nance and Sims are going to be because late window on the first Sunday of the uh, of the season it's whoever is going to be whatever. Uh, foreigners are going to be playing in, for the United States Tennis Championship at at Ash Stadium, <laughs> as I believe it's the first final round of sixteen in in decades that doesn't have a, a an American in it. But all of that said, I, I, not to get too inside football right there in the business, that you gotta you gotta give some of these team these networks the filet mignon right off the bat, and it is pretty big. That the Saints and the Falcons. I mean, sure, you'd like to maybe have the footing underneath some teams before the big rivalry games happen, but putting it in Week One that Sean Payton's return to the NFL is against the Falcons. Oh, it's it's building. it's juicy steak. It's There's delicious, no doubt. Delicious, delicious. I just stuff. and and uh, that leads me to Rob Ryan naturally as we talk about uh, delectable foods. But nice. you know, I do think that the Falcons might go in there and beat them. But we have seen with Sean Payton that this team knows how to get up when they have a chip on their shoulder. And I, mm-hmm. of all the weeks, the Falcons must really feel like uh, the league let them down a little bit. We got any other week, we're happy to go into the Superdome. The first game back for Sean Payton. Um, that being said, I, I do uh, still like the Falcons to win that division. But all right, we're, real quick though, before we get to football, I want to. We got to oh, okay. go back to baseball for one thing because. Okay. It is an issue. You mentioned uh, you mentioned the kids, and you mentioned the Pirates. Of course, we're here in Los Angeles. Uh, you know, you say you're making them Yankees fans. The only rule that I will have is you must be a Steelers fan. You know, you're not getting to root for. And maybe there will be an LA team, and that'll uh, that'll make things a little murkier. But when it comes to baseball. Is it all right for the kids to grow up being Dodgers fans? What if you know? And now that the Pirates are well, rising up, now I felt formerly like it was a form of emotional child abuse to say, "Yes, this team that you have no connection with, four thousand miles away, who is lousy year in and year out, you must root for them." But now they're a little bit better. What what if they vibe to the Dodgers? How if say they you? vibe to the Dodgers or even the Angels? I'm fine with that because hmm. uh, I, I mean I vibed to the Yankees because I grew up in right. New York City. My my dad is um, a Judy Garland fan. If it wasn't for my brother, I'd be all over show tunes. I might not do what I do for a living. You know, my, my when the Dodgers moved out of Brooklyn, my parents stopped following sports. I mean, their hearts were broken to that point. So they're just like, they're not interested in that stuff. So my big brother was the one who was interested in sports. I met him, and he was delightful. We had uh, we talked at length about, uh, about the old Patrick division. Back, I, I loved it. Back in the day, you yeah. know. And so... You know, my 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 upbringing was such because it was a New York upbringing. You know, I, I grew up loving the Knicks and the Rangers and the Yankees. And my brother loved the Jets, so I loved the Jets. But I also pay attention to the Giants all mm-hmm. the time. You know, and Parcells is, is a an iconic uh, East Coast figure, but it starts in the New York metropolitan area for him, with all due respect to New England. And, um, you know, so 
uh, it's fine with me if they like their local team. But if they don't like the Yankees, it's going to hurt me. It mm-hmm. really would hurt me. And for that, because a couple of years ago for the draft, I brought my oldest, his first baseball game, to Yankee Stadium. It was the new one. It's still Yankee Stadium. Or it still had the words Yankee Stadium on the front, right? Mm. And uh, for my 40th birthday, my, my wife got me two of the seats from the old Yankee Stadium. That's in the front of the house. Cool. So the kids will sit in it, and they ask what it's from, and I tell them what it's from, and they don't give two craps about it and they run and play with something else but eventually i think it's going to sink in my uh youngest son's first game was at dodger stadium and you know what he put it was hot out we got a dodger hat we put it on his head and i still was fine with it you know why because don mattingly's the manager <laughs> i was able to rationalize it in that regard and if they love the if they come here and they love the lakers or the yankees or what or, or the dodgers this is where they're from so why would i deny them what I had, which was the love of my local team where I grew up. If they want to love what dad loves, so be it. You know, well, and I it's not just that. Mattingly. Like said, the Dodgers are now essentially the Yankees. That's hey, true. we'll buy whatever we want. It's where it is sort of interesting how that happens. <laughs> you know, if I loved who my dad loved, I'd be. You know, I I do love the Wizard of Oz. You know, I do. But my dad really wasn't a a, a, a sports guy who was jamming something down the throat. But what I have is like there's a, always. The beauty of living out here, when my kids are running around the house, getting ready for dinner in the four or five o'clock hour, there's a Yankee. Michael Kay is in the house. You know, I mean, he is in the house almost every day. Um, in, in the in the fall, there's going to be a hoops game that's on. Um, just put it on the TV. It's just there as white background noise, and we'll see what 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 uh, what osmosis they have in the sports world in that regard. Well, so much to look at in the sports world, and uh, I do want to make mention if you're listening to us on Tuesday, ten thirty tonight. Thank you. The Big Rich Eisen podcast TV special, mm-hmm. Gangbusters, West Star Studded, Larry <laughs> David, Matt Damon, Kevin Costner, yeah. Ooh La and La, Ooh La and La. That's who they are. Excellent. Yeah, yeah thanks, man. Thanks. Some lineup. And then, of course, uh, the Rich Eisen podcast, all the preseason picks and uh, the prognostication, uh, not just who's going to make the playoffs, but the individual stars out there look for. So that's Costner, Carrie Underwood, who's belting out the song. Yeah, the lovely Carrie Underwood. And then Jeff and Jackie Schaefer, the creators of the league. Of the league. So very good. X as they say now, yeah. And then, of course, game day morning coming up. Much to look at and listen to where uh, Rich Eisen's concerned. All right, let's talk about this. Are you you going on the road this year? I don't know. We'll see. I'll I'll be out there occasionally, yeah, not uh, consistently. Yeah, one thing to do maybe out on the road, maybe uh, my uh, little girly was very sweet. uh, How old um, is she? She's now six, just before. That's a sweet spot right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, she, before I hit the road, I said, you know, I'm going to be, because I spent pretty much every weekend last year on the road, I said, well, I'm going to be coming and going for the next four months. And she made me a little uh, clothespin girl with little hair on it, little yarn that was a girl and drew a face on it. She said, mm-hmm. this is me. And so whenever you miss me, you just take this out and I'm always with you, which I thought was lucid. And uh, I, th- I love that. And man. Was, was really sweet. And I took pictures in every town and I kept sending her pictures back of me with with her in every city, uh, you know, across uh, football America. So that was a fun thing. That's to a do. great idea. I, I mean, when I first started, when, when he was old enough to hold something, I got uh, snow globes from every town. Oh, great. And yeah. then last time I would be getting stuff when I went to San Francisco, like a little mini uh 
Golden Gate Bridge, a little mini Liberty Bell in Philadelphia, you know, and those things. Yeah, those things and the magnets. These are airports when you're running. This oh, is, yeah. oh, oh, yes, I got <laughs> you something. He loves airport sets, Matt. He loves the airport <laughs> sets. And I'm like, you've got eight of them, you know. But he's got one for United. He's got one for U.S. Air. He's got one for American. He's got these airport sets with these food trucks, carts that break. They break, you know, because they lift up and down, these little food trucks that like that <laughs> matchbox cars. At any rate, it's it's pretty cool, but the traveling's tough. You know what I mean? It's it's tough, but you get to the games, and there's nothing like being in a stadium, a football stadium, right before kickoff. You feel the power of a building. Nothing's like it. Seeing these guys, how huge they are in their pads and their shoulders, mm-hmm. uh, shoulder pads and their helmets, and they come out, and then the, that's the thing I love about our, our Thursday night kickoff shows is it starts in an empty stadium. And, you know, one year, you know, they – some of the powers that be had problems showing an empty stadium that, you know, it gave an indication maybe to the fan at home that nothing was going on. So why, you know, that they shouldn't watch it until fans are in the stadium. And I, I disagree with that. I think showing something just before the calm, before the storm, and then you hear the, you see the fans show up and then you start hearing the music pumping in the stadium. It's why fans show up sometimes to a game two three hours i don't know if you're that type of fan that you you come you walk in the first possible moment i'm that way on getting on airplanes by the way if my when my rose called i'm in i don't wait to the last minute i gotta get my overhead space i gotta get everything settled that's the way i go with that for for, i'm not really a parking lot guy for for a game i would sit in an empty stadium and just watch things congeal and build and that's what i love about going on the road to these games and feeling the power. And then there's nothing like when toe meets ball and the bulbs flashes and, and, and it's on. I love it. I am with you on, but I kind of can have it both ways. I love growing, you know, having gone to a big 10 school, sec is where it's at. I get that. But I mean, there's nothing like those October days in the Midwest, in that part of the country, because of the weather, it's 60 degrees and it's crisp and the the leaves are turning, even in even in Bloomington, Indiana, where the, there's nothing to go into the stadium to enjoy, really. But it's a, I, I enjoy being there three or four hours beforehand for the tailgating. But I agree with you. Yeah, I found that very charming I, on a recurring basis last season going into the stadium and the guys are sort of loosely playing catch and everything. And they'll kibitz with you a little bit, you know, from the sidelines an hour and a half before the game. Mm-hmm. You get a you get a sense of their personalities and who's a fun guy. And uh, yeah, I enjoy that. And then watching the crowd flow in. You know, what's striking is versus 20 years ago. They have done the NFL. One, I, people always point out fantasy football has been a boon to the popularity. Merchandising. That is something that was not true. I used to go to football games as a kid. Everybody did not wear the team colors. Now you, you're hard-pressed to find anybody out of the 75,000 people in there. A- head to toe, outfitted in the team colors. I find that uh, well, my collegiate and striking. My favorite story about that was um, when I went to the University of Michigan, we played... Uh, University of Miami one year. Um, I forget what year it was, but Jimmy Johnson came in, and it's in the late eighties. Uh, before he went to, um, before I, I think he was. I think it was definitely Jimmy Johnson there. Long story short is um, we lost after blowing a ten point lead with I think five minutes left. It was really one of the more crushing defeats in the Bo Schembechler era because here is a, a, a national powerhouse coming in. It was a big game. The Michigan hockey team had a group of people who sat two rows behind me and they snuck a keg 
into the stadium on a wheelchair. They dressed it up. They dressed it up with Michigan stuff and wheeled it in. So they brought they tapped a freaking keg a couple of rows behind. And in between me and the Michigan hockey team that had tapped a keg were these poor Miami fans who were dressed in Miami hurricane gear. And by the drunken fans of, of the some of the sauced, let's put it that way, Michigan guys, when they were cheering for Miami in the first and second quarter loudly, one of them was cheering so loudly and obnoxiously, he was stripped naked <laughs> of his Michigan gear. And his, fa- his friends who were there went to the concession stand to buy him clothes. So he came in dressed head to toe in Miami gear and left head to toe in Michigan <laughs> gear because that's the only stuff they were selling at the concession stand. So <laughs> your part of me Excellent. is just like you should be able to wear what you want to a game, and you definitely should. Absolutely. Go to a game, and, you know, this is one of those fun moments where they were happy drunk people, not the obnoxious ass wipes. Pardon me. I don't know if you should. I should say that, who are, who are, uh, who are at a game and ruin it, but. Um, it's a funny story, yeah. Nonetheless, yeah. I don't think know. we need physical uh, attacks, no, but it's no. But this <laughs> it was the late '80s, yes. and it was fun and funny, <laughs> and it was a college game. And I just found it funny that you come and dressed one way and you leave dressed. Well, that's a way. grand experience, Chrysler Arena, watching the Michigan Wolverines hockey team. I've been there. Uh, well, that's the Yoast Ice Arena. Oh, it the is Yoast Ice Arena. Oh, Chrysler is Chrysler's the... hoops. Ah, I thought they Chrysler. Were... So I graduated oh. in, in Chrysler Arena. Um, that's where hmm. I held my my college room. But the Yoast Ice Arena is what they would call a barn. That is an old neat. I, I enjoyed barn. Uh, seeing a game there. All right, here's a big question for yes. you, Rich. Yes. Football, NFL. Here it comes. Everybody's excited. Peyton Manning. What's going to be with the Broncos? Here's the thing. They only hand out. We hear a lot of talk out of uh, less accomplished people in your seat. Okay. Say things like, "Here's the rhetoric." Boy, oh boy, I see multiple Super Bowls for Andrew Luck, you know, over his career. RG3, he's going to win a, a Lombardi or two. Here's the problem. The more you start to say that, people say that, they, it, it seems to ignore the fact that they only hand out one Lombardi annually, which brings me to this with Kaepernick and Russell Wilson and RG3 and Luck and so on and the advent of the pistol, and we'll see how that goes. Will we see Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger or Eli Manning ever win another Super Bowl? Absolutely. Maybe you even think this about year. Absolutely, you say. Yeah. No question. Peyton Manning, bad defense, doesn't show up very often, tends to throw some really bad balls oh, in January. He's going to win another Super I think, Bowl. Uh, I would be stunned if that list went over for the rest of our and their Well, it would be stunning, lives. but think about that. They're all in their 30s now. Yes. I don't know if Ben's going to win one again. That one I don't know if I don't know if Ben's going to do that one, but because um, I, I, that that seems to me that your your Steelers have got a project to do. To, Agree. To they may not even be the third best. They, they may not even be the, the second best team in their division. Oh, I agree with that. Okay. I, I think the Bengals are the best, and I think the Ravens are a tick better. But then again, with the Ravens. Who besides Torrey Smith is Joe Flacco looking at? I mean, I year? love their coach, but I, I and, and so you got you put both Mannings and Brady on there, right? I do. I, I just I I find it hard to believe that those guys will not win another Super Bowl. I it, just, it's it, I, I would I would I would say Peyton's got out of all three of them, he's got the best chance to win it this year. I would disagree with you that the defense is is terrible. I, I like Denver's defense, and and I know Vaughn's out for six games. Champ Bailey did get back on the field. 
on uh, on Tuesday, uh, although he didn't practice, but he did get back on the field. He's getting back out there. Yeah, long and, in the and, tooth, though. I and know. he's the best piece of us uh, hey, listen, of that secondary. If you remember, Peyton Manning won his Super Bowl year where they couldn't stop the run a lick, and then in the playoffs they did, and they won it. And and um, and and Dominique Rhodes was the potential MVP of that game. To be very honest, mm-hmm. yeah, should have been. So um, I I I think that Peyton Manning has got everything lined up for him this year. This is it. This is um, it. And I think either one of the either one either him or Brady is going to win out of the AFC, and would have a great chance against whomever in in MetLife coming out of the NFC. I really believe that. And this year. Who else in the AFC has a chance? I know the Bengals may have a chance. I know the Ravens have a a, a once in a lifetime opportunity to def, to def, to defend their title. Um, um, you know the Texans can they do it? Is it possible that there's a surprise team that we're not we're not thinking? Uh, it is a Patriot uh, a Bronco conference right now. I agree. AFC. And as a matter of fact, is there a team? I guess you might you, you clearly would hold the Broncos up. I would contend that there are no fewer than three and maybe four NFC teams better than the best team in the AFC. Well, we said that last year, too. I mean, it was all last year. It was, just, it was all NFC the first few weeks of the of the playing season. It was when Denver was two and three and uh, the Patriots looked mortal. And everyone was wondering who's going to come out of the AFC to do anything. In the in the Super Bowl, that it was going to be the NFC Championship game was clearly going to be the de facto Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. People were saying that around uh, middle of October of last year, and then the Ravens won it all. That's the beauty of this sport: is what you and I are saying right now is completely based on what happened last year. Mm-hmm. We can sit here and try and forecast what 2013 is going to look like, but it's all done with the knowledge of what happened last season and what we believe to be germane out of the preseason. And you don't know. That is, again, the beauty of, of what we do and the sport that we love and we cover. We don't know. Uh, that said, I believe that you've got the Patriots and you've got the Broncos, and that's what you have in this conference. And maybe somebody else can do it. I, I just don't know if the Ravens can defend. I don't see it. Uh, I just don't see it. But to sit here and say that the best teams in the NFC would beat the AFC team and MetLife Stadium four times out of five, there is that fifth time. It's know? interesting. One through 21, I really do think the Bengals are dynamite and uh, Andy Dalton is the question. That could be a big offseason question. Is I wouldn't be surprised if we're sitting at the draft. On one hand, I absolutely can see the Bengals going to the Super Bowl. On the other hand, I could see you at the draft next uh, spring saying, well, the Bengals now, the Andy Dalton three-year stretch, it's not good enough, not and they have to yet. do Will something. they have to go for a quarterback? Right. Trying to figure Will something out in that Johnny, first round. Johnny, uh, Johnny Paycheck. <laughs> Johnny Cash. Or Jamie or, or uh, Jameis uh, football. Wow. Yeah, terrific. Right? How yeah. great did he look? I can't wait to see Dion this week. Yeah. And get the scoop on him and uh, – yeah, wow. He Give me awesome. Yeah, he re- well, and then again he was going against the crummy pit oh, team, but so be it. What about uh real quick, Rich Eisen, give me a bold prediction that's actually bold. You know Fabiano the fantasy okay. guy. He's yeah, you know, what well, give me a bold prediction, Here's Fabiano. Bold Peyton prediction. Manning is going to have a good week. You know, that's his that's I'll his give level this of bold, bold prediction. The Browns are going to win 9 games. That's a good one. That's very good. The Browns are going to win 9 games and I I I I I've 
I said it on my podcast, and I've, I've, you know, I'm going to say it in print this week. Something, you know, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, and I'm saying it here. Um, I think they're the surprise team of 2013. They got it set mm-hmm. up, but I, I know of the franchise of which I speak as well. So I say it in a, in a way that I'm, I'm sort of holding my breath because you know uh, they do open against Miami. This week, I think that they they, they need to win it. They got to win games like that at home. Then they then they are the the technical fodder for the de facto Super Bowl opening that the Ravens could not get this week due mm-hmm. to the Orioles playing the White Sox. Um, that they Ravens open at home against them. That's tough. But I think that if they they weather the September storm and Norv can work his magic with Whedon and Richardson stays healthy, and this young defense, that front seven that a lot of people think is one of the best that no one's talking about, mm-hmm. that Mingo's added to that, they got a, they got a shot here. I know? agree with you. And I think the Steelers and Ravens are fine brand names, but there is an opportunity for those two teams to regress and uh, the Browns and yeah. Bengals to jump up a little bit. All right, listen, Rich Eisen, I want you to – here's another name. Yes. Maybe for the little girl. It's not too late. You can still okay. change it. History will not run out. J- Jadavian? Y-A. Y-A-I-Z-E-N? Y- yeah. <laughs> I'll run that one up the floor. What about call. Mingo? Even you though, said Mingo I might know, be nice. The, the, the birth certificate has been uh, typed up. Yeah. And handed in to the authorities here in Southern California. Uh, so it, would, it, would, uh, it might require an Ocho Cinco type appearance before a judge to change the name. But I'll run that up the flank. All right, see, see how what long you it flies do. at home. All right, listen, Rich Eisen, Thanks, always a delight. Muzzle tub to you Thanks, again, and you. Uh, and everybody back at home. Um, and then again, again, if you're listening on Tuesday, ten thirty tonight on the East Coast. Do not miss Rich Eisen Kibitson with uh, Hollywood Big Shots, Matt Damon, Kevin Costner. Larry David, and then, of course, make sure on Sunday morning you catch him on Gabe Day Morning and look for the Rich Eisen Podcast, great preseason preview with Costner, Carrie Underwood, and the creators of uh, the league. Rich Eisen, I'll look forward to seeing you walk in the hallways. Thanks, Dave. 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 Nice fellow, that Eisen. Uh, glad uh, he could jump into 66. Sorry you missed that one, handsome hand. Yeah, thanks for including me, Dave. Yeah, yeah. I ran out to the bathroom, and then suddenly I'm <laughs> locked out. <laughs> we needed some uh, some us time, right. some Rich and Dave Yeah, time. that's fine. All right, let's get to the it. NFC here quickly before – I mean, the AFC, before we get to, uh, to Geno Atkins of the Bengals. We'll bring him in here. But uh, quickly – here you go. This is uh, this is old news to anybody who's a regular listener of uh, the DDFP. I have the Houston Texans number one, the Cincinnati Bengals number two. They're interchangeable. I think that the Jags being in that division of uh, of the Texans make it. And I'm not sure about the Colts this year. Um, I do. Well, I will, like I said, the Titans are going to the playoffs, so they're a good team. I think the Colts are pretty good too. But I'll go Houston one, Cincy two. How do you like those two there with a bye? I've gone actually the I've gone uh, Denver one, and it's really just based on the division. To me, that that they should sweep all three teams in their division. I like the Chiefs, but as somebody I like said, I don't remember who it was. That's a massive jump. It's right. not just to say the Chiefs are going to be better with Andy Reid and all that. That's true, but are they going to improve by eight or nine games? That's what they have well, to it's do. Been done before. To, I don't. Th- I, know, I don't but, think that's insane. But I mean, I 
well, I don't want a spoiler alert. Um, but no, I think Denver win win that division just you know by a long way, just based on the fact that you know this, the Chargers and Raiders are probably sweeps, and maybe they split the game, split games with uh, with the Chiefs. And by the way, it's not a small thing. We've seen over and over again. Jim Harbaugh, look what he did when he got to the Forty ers I mean, obviously there are a number of examples with this thing. Bill Parcells, everywhere he went, the team almost immediately got better. I think by based on that, we're sleeping a little bit. Andy Reid was gangbusters in Philly for the you know for the whole of the his run there. I mean, I know Eagles fans got tired of him. Same thing. Back to why I like the Rams so much. Jeff Fisher. People just don't talk about that. I feel like that's one of the mo- more underrated things. I think it's because maybe the St. Louis situation is murky right. and they've been crummy over the years or recent years. I think people just don't pay attention to them. But I think Jeff Fisher in year two, that's a huge yeah, upgrade. Yeah, I absolutely. think that's. I think he's going to make them a playoff team. And I also like the individuals that they have playing too. But I think that Jeff Fisher is that's a big deal in the same way. No I doubt. Think, and, I, and you know what? For me as a Dolphins fan, if you remember, that was you know there was a time where Jeff Fisher was choosing between the Dolphins and the Rams. In fact, on my birthday a year and a half ago, there was the, I remember seeing this tweet. Jeff Fisher says no to Dolphins. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's great. Where, well, where are we going next? But um, but yeah. They, they, year two for him. That's why I believe the Rams are going to be a good team. So you have Broncos one. I have Broncos one. I have Texans two. I'm going Patriots three because, again, I think they're playing in a relatively weak division. I have the Patriots three, too. I thought you'd be more upset about that I thought because I used to have the Dolphins. I was picking them, but mm-hmm. I just I, – I don't know. I just don't believe in their offensive line. Here's what I see as a Dolphins fan, I think – Nine and seven is realistic, and I'd love to be one game off, and for them to actually be t- nine and seven. You're not competing for a wild card berth in mm-hmm. in the AFC, I don't think. But if they go ten and six, then maybe they are. Um, yeah, I really want to get behind the Dolphins. I do like that new shade of blue they're wearing, or turquoise, whatever you call it. It's beautiful. It really is handsome. I still would like them to wear the uh, the helmet on the dolphin hat, though. So, so Patriots, but I don't love them. I don't like their defense. No, I don't no. think they're going to the Super Bowl. And then I go to the Broncos, and I give it to them by a hair over the Chiefs. I think really? the Chiefs are going to be there. I think the Broncos probably go like 10-6, and six, maybe 11-5. and five. Every game's a shootout. You don't win the Super Bowl just whipping every – just – just by you know massive uh, you know shootouts every week, and that's what they're going to have to do. I don't like their secondary. Um, where, where's the pass? Where, where's the pressure coming from now? Even Von Miller when he comes back, are we sure without Doomerville he's going to be unblockable? I don't know about right. that. So I give it to them in like you say a weak division. Then my two wild cards. Both coming out of the AFC South. I did the same thing in the NFC. All, uh, all the two wild cards were West teams. Here, two South teams. Tennessee Titans, your fifth seed. Indianapolis Colts, the sixth seed. Buy a buy a whisker over the Chiefs. Right. I'm going Colts, fifth seed. Chiefs, sixth seed. All right. So pretty good. So yeah. you and I have a couple bold predictions in there. At I least. think so. Yeah. I think to say the Rams in there. Um, the Colts even that they're one that people have now decided are not good now. Because, oh, they're going to fall back. The big question mark is, without Bruce Arians, who was essentially the head coach last year, will Chuck Pagano, are we ready to now embrace him? He's a defensive coach. If he improves that defense, and then Andrew Luck does what Andrew Luck did basically last year, and now with Ahmad Bradshaw, there's an upgrade there. It's hard for me to keep them out of the playoffs. All right, so that's that. Now the question is, on the the NFC side, I say it's going to be the Falcons. I think they are going to beat the San Francisco 49ers maybe in the stick or maybe they'll get upset either way the 49ers will the Falcons get to the Super Bowl and I can't decide 
if it's going to be Houston or Cincinnati, that is your AFC title game. I know that ex- television executives will not like that. It's not mm-hmm. sexy, and I, as far as that goes, Black Tie won't like that either. Because not at all. That no has sexy been the deep balls there. That has been the first playoff game the last two seasons, and it's it's like the preseason of the playoffs. It's I know like, it is oh pretty bad. Gosh. Yeah, with New York, a trip to New York on the line, it won't be it won't feel that good. But who knows if they're both uh, thirteen and three? It'll yeah, it that will, feel then you'd be a little bit more it. excited about it. But it is, still is Andy Dalton and Matt Schaub. It's not it's not that playoff matchup. You know, quarterback showdown that you're looking for. Call him up, Black Tie. I'm going to ask Geno Atkins about this, and then I, that's how I'll make my Super Bowl prediction. He's on right now. All right. Look at this, everybody. He's rich. He's also on the Cincinnati Bengals, and I'm going to share some good news with him in just a minute. Make sure you go to cincyshirts.com where you can get the new T-shirt, Geno 911. I have to admit, it's pretty handsome. It's orange, uh, an orange shirt. I happen to think orange and black is the best color scheme that any football team can wear. It's Geno Atkins. What's the poop, fella? Uh, nothing much, man. Just chilling, enjoying this nice uh, Tuesday afternoon. Oh, so so laid back. Listen, pump your chest out. You're rich now, fella. How's it feel? I mean, it's pretty good. You know, just, you know, hard work. Pays off, you know. Just a blessing that you know, fortunate, and uh, that you know I can play here for five more years. What about though? Did you get? Well, I'm sure you've been asked this now in the last uh, 48 hours a million times now. So answer it for the million and first. Did you go out and get anything real fancy? Uh, no, I haven't done that yet. You know, I'm, you know, right now focusing on the Chicago Bears. So I hadn't had a real chance to you know soak it all in and uh, you know do anything extravagant. So I just plan on really just chilling with them. Putting the money in a saving account and chilling. All right. Well, we can put some of it in the savings account. You and me, we'll put our heads together and see if we can come up with a good item or two to purchase. Meantime, I want to tell you some more good news. All right. All right. You ready for this? I'm ready. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to the AFC Championship this year. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, you know, putting that work and time doing training camp. I mean, that's our goal. And then next Super Bowl. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about. I can't okay. make my final decision, and I wanted to talk to you first. To me, uh, the AFC comes down this year to you guys and the Houston Texans. I don't know if the game's going to happen in Houston for a third straight year or up in Cincinnati. Convince me why the Bengals will win the game against the Texans, and I'm going to kiss you all the way into the Super Bowl. Uh, convince you third time's a charm, first of all. Mm-hmm. Third time's a charm. Uh, secondly, I think, you know, we're, we're a veteran team now. We're not as young as we used to be, so we know what to expect. And we got a great leader in Andy Dalton and, uh, Vontez Burford leading the defense. And, uh, we got playmakers like, uh, AJ Green, Jermaine Gresham, two, two new additions with Giovanni and, uh, Tyler. And so I think, and we're stout on defense with the D-line with me, Don't Talk Echo, uh, Carlos Dunlap, Michael Johnson. And then, our secondary, we got some, uh, vets in the secondary leading the way. Yeah, we love Terrence Newman here on the right. uh, on the on the program. He's a lot of fun, and uh, give him our best. And uh, but uh, yeah, I, I like what you're saying here. Of course, is Andy Dalton? And I mean, this to me, and I'm sure I'm not the first person to mention this. Yes, the defense, a mighty one. In spite of the Ravens and Steelers being in your division, you guys have the best defense going. Lots of exciting pieces. A lot of uh, electric players there. Is Andy Dalton the man in terms of, you know, what we saw out of Joe Flacco a year before the last year, Eli Manning the year before that? The guys who 
ba- uh, you know, who are ready to take the step and go to the Super Bowl and win the big game. Is Andy Dalton that guy? Yes, he's that guy. I mean, I think they surround him with enough weapons to go out there and succeed, and I think they believe in him. And if they didn't, they wouldn't have drafted him. So I think uh, the organization and uh, the team has a lot of confidence and faith in him. Here's the thing. Here's what you should say to him between now and Sunday, though. Like I mentioned, Eli Manning two years ago says, hey, I'm elite. I want to, I, I'm want uh, i an elite QB. He goes and wins the Super Bowl. Last year, Joe Flacco, before the season, says, I'm the best quarterback in the NFL. People laughed. Then they won the Super Bowl. No one's laughing anymore. What you need to do is to tell Andy Dalton to predict something big. Say, I'm the best quarterback in the game. And then look at the look what happens by the end of the season. You know what I'm saying? I got you. I got you. Will you talk to him about that? <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. Whisper it to him. Say, look at the track record. It makes sense for you to do it. What has now? We talk about how loaded your defense is now. What's it like having James Harrison in the fold? What's he? What's he mean in the locker room? And then uh, what you hope to get out of him come uh, come game time? Um, and what he brings to the locker room is a great veteran leadership on how to, you know, how to game plan and how to study film and then how to take care of your body, you know, uh, you know, during the off time like today. And, you know, he's big on, you know, investing in your body. And also, I mean, on the football field and especially in practice, I mean, he brings a mean and nastiness on the defense. And I think he's going to help, you know, get that, give us that edge and that intimidating factor. Who wins in practice when you guys sort of scrimmage up? Does the offense win or does the defense? I'm going to go to defense, you know. Uh, we got them dogs up front. Like I said, me, Michael Johnson, Carlos Dunlap rushing the pass, and then we got uh, Vontes Berfick uh, and Ray Maluga with uh, Harrison, you know, uh, calling the plays and calling the shots to the defense. So defense wins the majority of the time. Boy, oh boy, it really is a scary bunch. Not just dominant, but I mean, the individuals also cut some scary figures there. We watched Hard Knocks, James Harrison, Perfect. You, you guys are scary to go up against. We also saw the arm wrestling. Who wins that one in the Ultimate Showdown? Geno Atkins versus James Harrison in, in an arm wrestling. Uh, I like my chances, so I'm going to choose me. How about in thumb wrestling? Thumb wrestling, me again. All right. Good. I see. I like the confidence there. I like that. You meant you mentioned the uh, locker room. What uh, what is it that uh, that you like, Geno Atkins, to get fired up? This is a question I like to ask guys. What do you listen to? What's uh, in the hour before the game to get ready for uh, an NFL game? Do I listen to? Um, really, I, like, I, like, I listen to more chill music because I don't mm. want to get too rowdy or too pumped up before the game. And waste a lot of energy, so I'm more laid back. So my listen to some Drake, uh, J. Cole, Wale, something like that, where it's not too too crunk or anything like that. So I like to kind of let's leave that on. I'm because I'm, I'm I like I like to just kind of be relaxed and get my mind right and get focused, and then go out there and turn it on for the games. Ah, that's interesting. So most guys are probably trying to get jacked up in their head. You're trying to go the other direction. Yeah. Interesting. Um, what was it like doing Hard Knocks this year? Was it uh, disconcerting having those cameras around, or was it a, a positive thing? I think it was a positive thing. It just gave uh, you know fans and people insight on like what's going on in our organization, uh, what we're building, uh, what we're building t- uh, to get to. And I think uh, it wasn't that big of a distraction for us because in 2009, I guess they came up here, and a lot of half our, half our team already experienced it. And I mean, 
once a week went by, I mean, we kind of got used to the cameras being there, and it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, who is harder to tackle, Ben Roethlisberger or Ray Rice? Oh, that's a good question. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to go with uh, – let's see. That's a good question. I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going with uh, I'm going Red Rice. I mean, because he's he's he got the leverage. He's so low to the ground, mm-hmm. and he got the big strong legs. And you don't if you tackle him up high, I mean, he's pretty much going to run you over. I mean, Big Ben's hard to tackle too, but I'm going to go with Red Rice. Is uh, from what you've seen so far from Gio Bernard, is he a guy? Obviously, he's not a Ray Rice type in t- in terms of uh, how he's put together, but he's more of a speedy guy. Is he a guy who can maybe get twenty five touches in the NFL? From what you've seen, oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, he's a dynamic player, and I mean, I believe uh, that's what we're going to try to do: is get him the ball as, as many times as we can, because he's explosive and he he can make uh, big plays on the field. Um, all right, last thing then, uh, Gino. What about those uniforms? Do you like them? Because the stripes, there's a lot of stripes. I say I like the orange and black, but to me, did you ever see the old school ones that your team used to wear when it just said Bengals on the side of the hat? I'm partial to those. How say you? I did see them. I mean, I like the stripes. I mean, Do you? I mean yeah, I like them. I mean, I don't have no problems with them. All right. So. I feel uh, the only thing I'll say is I feel like you were a little underwhelmed by the great news I had for you that you're going to the AFC Championship game. Are you pumped up about that news? I'm pumped up. Bro. You All know, right. we got to focus on week one. Week uh-huh. one, Chicago, Chicago Bears. You know, you take it one week at a time. So can't can't think, you know, too far ahead. you got to take it one step at a time or one game at a time. I got you. And, uh, yeah, it's good news that uh, you, you get the ba- – I mean, it's no fun to go into Soldier Field, I'm sure, but at least it won't be uh, it won't be yeah. seven degrees like it would have been in uh, December. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm thankful that we're playing them, you know, in September with uh, some nice weather, warm weather. Yeah, tough to prepare for, though, with Mark Tressman. Who knows what you're going to get out of that team. It's got to be a little disconcerting trying to – with uh, Zimmer and company in the film room this week preparing for a team that you have literally no real knowledge of. Yeah, but, I mean, you just study the preseason and, you know, kind of look for keys and tidbits off what their offense was doing. So, All right, well, listen. Enjoy it. Have, a, you know, best wishes to you this season, like I say. Your season ends at worst in the title game, and if you're right with your uh, with some of your thoughts, maybe even the Super Bowl. So good luck, and uh, meantime, congratulations on the big new deal, man. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. And uh, and uh, give our best to uh, Terrence Newman and everybody. Don't forget to head over to CincyShirts.com where you can get the Geno 911 T-shirt and all sorts of other. If you're a uh, a Cincy sports fan, you'll like that. I'm a Pittsburgh Pirates fan, Gino, so I hope your red legs don't trump them in the uh, NL Central. But uh, maybe we'll see you in the playoffs for that. Maybe. Maybe we will. Yeah, maybe we will, Gino. Maybe we will. All right, listen. Go buy yourself something nice, and uh, we'll hope to catch up with you down the road. All right, thank you. Handsome Hank, what did you think of Gino's tone? I didn't think... I feel like he didn't appreciate. I didn't. I could have picked anybody. I could have picked anybody to go to the Super Bowl. He didn't seem as enthused as he needed to be. But then again, maybe his head's in the right place. One week at a time. He doesn't seem spoiled by the money. Who doesn't go out and buy something, though? 
I should ask him at least if he went out and had a big dinner the night of the contract signing. I bet he did. What would you do, handsome Hank? What would my with that big that yeah, big first if you, big if check? Somebody gave you ten million dollars. I, I I don't even know what his signing bonus was or if he even got one. But I, I think I'd take you know we I could all like go out we could all go out for dinner something like that. That would be the first thing I'd do. For what kind of food though? What do you no, mean, I mean, whatever you want. We could go, you know, let's eat, go and eat some big steaks, quality, some quality meats, maybe. Oh, in New York City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I good. would buy a house. Buy buy a place at the sea. Buy a place in Santa Barbara or in Laguna Beach or something that like nice. that. That's That's nice. what you do. I thought you meant like straight away. It just I happened. Mean, you can't, straight you, away. But you can't That's just buy a oh, house. Oh, twi- oh, I, I, oh I, I, there's a check in the mail for $20 million? Hey, Realtor, show me some places. A-S-A and P. Yeah, but that's not instant. You can't go out and be like, okay, today I bought myself a house. Done. What should we do tomorrow? I wouldn't buy a car. That's a, that's no, the move, and I don't yeah. care about that. So, yeah, I think it would be that. All right. So I'm going to go with in the Super Bowl. Here we go. Final prediction. Here's what I think. I think the Houston Texans, this gamesmanship business of like Adrian, Arian Foster's heard. We don't know if he's all right. I think he wasn't hurt at all. Mm-hmm. Yes, the league can say you have four uh, preseason games. They can't say you have to you play, have to play guys. Them, right. I think this was this was this is a season team that is that was that was vaguely humiliated last year by the way they finished up. I think that this is Gary Kubiak saying, "Listen, here's what we do. We got to lay low. We got to pace ourselves out. It's a long season. Keep everybody fresh. Let's use a lot of Ben Tate. Let's rest our guys and really start to really peak in December rather than like we did this past year in October. Remember, they were the best team in the AFC until December rolled around. This year, they'll carry it all the way. They beat the Cincinnati Bengals. It's the Houston Texans, the Atlanta Falcons. Matt Ryan does it. He wins the Super Bowl. Congratulations to everybody in Atlanta. Rise up indeed. The Atlanta Falcons are going to be your Super Bowl champion. How say you? I disagree, but I'm, it's, it's, it's all plausible. I say that in a year's time, or in fact in less than that, that six months' time, the people in Houston are saying, Matt Schaub, we've got every other part, but Matt Schaub's not, not the guy to lead us to a, to, wow. a, to a Super Bowl. Gino didn't say he was going to – he made it seem like he's not going to tell Andy Dalton to make a bold prediction. I think I now have no choice but to tell Matt Schaub. I'm going to hit him up on Twitter – and say, look at what Eli did, and look at what uh, Joe Flacco did. You talk big before the season. Apparently, it works. Matt Schaub predicted Super Bowl win, and apparently, it's just about guaranteed. All right, listen, handsome Hank. We didn't have nearly enough time to kibitz about how England was. We have to take some time, and we'll do that. Maybe we could do that later in the week because we do have another. We podcast could do it later in the week, or you and I could just do it, you know, over a, over a glass of water. No, I don't like you in real life. Mm. I like, I, but I like to pretend that. Uh, that there's that some friends. sort of we have some right. sort of affinity, uh, you know. But you know what? We could go out for a meal. It's been too long since our food club, our latest meeting <laughs> of our food club. We could do it in L.A. There's no pr- uh, problem with that. Um, all right, listen, black tie. Stop telling me to wrap it up. I think there's much else to do here, but call it a day. Yeah, well, Don Draper. I'll see him in a little while for the big draft. There, I'll let you know how that shakes out later in the week, and then we'll watch the kickoff. How about that, everybody? It's here. It's the Ravens. It's the Broncos. I can't wait. I know you can't wait either. And uh, we'll be back with more Hooey and Applesauce. Oh, and thanks to Rich Eisen and Geno Atkins as well. Make sure if it's Tuesday, make sure you check out Eisen at 1030 p.m. Eastern with his uh, his uh, his uh, galaxy of Hollywood stars. All right. That's it. We'll be back with more Hooey and Applesauce later on. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com.